Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Toxic as Fuck, where we are creating conversations around toxicity, how it manifests, and what we are doing to heal. I'm your host, Ellis, and on today's episode, I speak with personal trainer, Antonique, about the pressures and expectations around weight loss and Black women's bodies. We also give you some tips and tricks on how to keep up with those New Year's resolutions for weight loss. Please don't forget to leave me a review if you like what you hear. And let's continue the conversation on my Instagram at ToxicAFPod. Enjoy! there. How are you? Hey, hey, I'm good. (laughs) Great. I'm so excited to talk about fitness and wellness. And I want to start off by you telling the listeners who you are and what you do. So like you said, I'm Antonique and I am a certified personal trainer, group exercise instructor, weight loss specialist, um, fitness, um, nutrition specialist. And I'm Just do fitness here in the DMV area. That is so great. And I know you have a podcast detailing your fitness journey. What made you want to start that? Well, I felt like there was no one like me that lost a significant amount of weight and could talk about all of the ins and the outs, the ups and the downs, the... The, the great things, the toxic as fuck things, the, like, I, I just didn't find that from any person and especially not from the perspective of a black woman. So I felt like, let, let me try this because everyone would always ask me, well, how did you deal with this? And, you know, what happened when this started happening and, you know, this, that, and the third. So I was like, let me find a centralized place to talk about it where people could also interact with me as well. So hence, Uniquely Fit Podcast was born. (laughs) I love that because you're so right. I say all the time, there's not enough black and brown women talking about their experiences out here. So I'm so glad you started that as a woman on her own fitness journey. Yes, yes, good for you. (laughs) So um, what kinds of changes have you noticed like internally and externally with like your weight loss? So the biggest thing that I've noticed, of course, with everybody that's going through um, a weight loss journey is the external. You, you know, you you can fit smaller clothes, you can kind of move around life a little bit more, you you know, you get noticed a whole lot more. Um, you can just do things physically that you never could do. Like I know as my weight started getting really out of control, one of the biggest things I couldn't do was comfortably fly. So like it just it just would be I had to make sure I had either the window seat or the aisle seat. Like I could not sit in the center by any means necessary. And I did get fearful of, oh my gosh, is there going to be a point where I'll have to be that person that buys two um, airplane seats? Internally, it made me deal with a lot of things that I had been running away from most of my life, particularly things from my childhood and throughout my teenage years. It made me really take accountability for a lot of the toxic as fuck uh, characteristics and, you know, just shit that I did. Um, if you do fitness the right way, you do this weight loss journey the right way, it really makes you kind of sh- look at yourself in the mirror and really fix yourself, not just on the outside, but most definitely on the inside. 
Yes, I love that so much. So like, what do you mean when you say your weight started getting out of control? Because I know what that means for me. As soon as you said that, I was like, "Mm -hmm. my (laughs) pants ain't going up. Like I can feel myself getting lazier and lazier. Um, And most of us don't notice until it's like too late. And you're just like, oh, how did I get here? What is happening? So what does that kind of look like for you? So it's really weird because I've only met one person that has, had this same kind of thought process as me. So I've been, I've been a bigger girl most, my entire life pretty much since I can probably remember. I don't remember ever being skinny. Um, But in my head, I knew there was this like, this trim person in my head. Mm. So when I would look in the mirror, I would always see that person. I never saw my true size. I never saw how I really looked in clothes. And, but I was really like, I couldn't wear jeans like that because I'm busting out of the pants or I really couldn't run. My bra size was out of control. Like I think at my biggest, I was a 44G. Mm. I probably was a little bit bigger than that at one point in time. Um, But I just didn't think that I had a problem. Like I just thought that, you know, I'm still that bitch because in my head, I just saw this, and what I would tell myself is, oh, girl, you're, you're Moesha. Before Moesha got, like, crazy, I was, like, the first three seasons of Moesha. That's what I would see in my head. That is hilarious. I love that so much. She said, not all of it, just seasons one, two, three, when Moesha was really that bitch. But that is literally what I saw. Like, I... I never saw myself for who I was. And when I started to lose the weight and people were like, oh my gosh, like you look so much smaller. And I'm like, do I? And then I finally started looking at pictures of myself because I would never really look at pictures of myself Mm -hmm. um, until I started doing my before. And I hate calling them after because there's no such thing as an after, but my before and during pictures. I definitely want to um, touch on the fact that you said like there's no after because I literally uh, was like kind of thinking about that earlier this week mm-hmm. and I um, compared it kind of to like going to therapy and healing and being like, listen, this is for the rest of your life. This is a lifestyle. There is no like here, here's where I was, here's where I am now. It's like the same thing because a lot of people think that fitness is like linear, like I'm going to lose this weight. I'm determined and it's going to play out exactly how I want it to play out. Two pounds are going to be dropped every week. It's going to be amazing. And it's like, no, no, that is not how it works (laughs) at all. And literally I just came to terms with that this week, like Monday. (laughs) Oh my God. It is not like that. And I think when I learned and kind of realized, and I'm, I have a master's degree in exercise science, and it took for me being within my own journey to really understand that there is no such thing as an after, because like you said, we, you don't stop. Because if you stop at one place, like, okay, I've reached that point where I want to be at, let me go back to all the bullshit things that I did, mm. you're going to go back to your before, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why I always say it's it's my before and my during. My during just has some ups and some downs and some, you know, just just so many different things within that. 
I'm gonna adopt that before and like during. Yes, That's yes. <laughs> so how much weight have you lost and what's motivated you to like actually like stick with it? So the last time I weighed myself, I was uh, almost 70 pounds down. But what I really liked when people ask me, they say, oh my gosh, how much weight have you lost? I like to more so talk about my clothing size mm. because I feel like that truly reflects for me what my weight loss is because I've had to get away from the number, the numerical thinking and stuff like that. Um, so like my biggest clothing size, I was in like a three X and, um, I was pushing a size 20 and now I'm like between a 12 and like a low 16 and like in shirts, I'm like a medium and I, I'm extra large is not in my vocabulary as much anymore. Um, if that makes sense. But what has been really motivating is kind of seeing that the person that I've always seen in my head is starting to come to life. Like that person is truly a reality now. And sometimes it's scary. It's me and my boyfriend were having a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago. He was like, you know, when you're, you're touching your, your passion or you're touching that thing you've always wanted and you're like that close to touching it, you get scared. And then you start backtracking because mm. you can't believe that it's happening. Or you're just like, dog, this is not real life. You know what I mean? Like some people self-sabotage um, because they don't know. They're like, how is my life going to change as soon as I reach this goal that I've been like chasing for X amount of years? Because I've essentially been on a weight loss journey since I was like 13 mm. and I'm like, finally, I'm like, wow, bitch, like we're touching, we're touching it. We're right there. We're right there. And I've had moments where I'm like, what's going to happen to my life as soon as I hit that goal that I've been trying to hit? Am I ready for what's about to happen? And you know, all of those things. Um, but the biggest, I think motivating piece of it all is that I internally have become just a better person, I think. A much better person. Yeah. I love that because it's such like an inside and out journey. That's why I ask like what's going on internally as well as ex externally because yeah. a lot of things uh, in society, a lot of things that we're shown lead us to believe that, you know, once I hit this weight, once I look like this, like, everything's going to change. And it's like, you have to work on what's going on inside that's making you believe that because, you know, there's no destination for that. At all. Yeah. At all. You don't lose your, you, you don't lose your mentality. You don't, sometimes it's hard to lose those things. You have to build yourself back up. Like, you, you know, you can lose the weight. You can, you know, and some people, they get the surgery <laughs> and their mental, their, their mental is still fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like you could be the baddest bee in the world, but if your mental is messed up, you're not the baddest bee in the world. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I think that's what people like kind of forget. Cause I know for myself, I thought, oh, when I lose the weight, like, you know, I'm gonna have all these just great things are going to happen. and there were great things that happened, but 
it just shined a light on the things that I needed to work on. Like it just, it, when I say it shined that light, it was like the cops were behind me and they shined that bright ass fog light. (laughs) That's what that was. Yes. And you mentioned uh, the surgery and I watch like, I'm like obsessed with YouTube, you know, like I go down that (laughs) rabbit hole. And so I've looked at a whole bunch of things. At one point I was even considering like VSG. And I was just like, you see so many, so many people who talk about losing the weight and not being there mentally. And so Mm -hmm. it all comes back or like they can't maintain what they've Mm -hmm. lost because their mind is still somewhere else. It can't keep up with the changes that their body is making. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you yourself ever considered the surgery? Oh, I sure have. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on this journey since I was 13. So like. I remember, and oh my God, I'm about to show my age, Lord. Mm. (laughs) I remember being a child and um, Carney Wilson, that's the one person that probably sticks in my mind. I remember when Carney Wilson first got gastric bypass and it was all over because me and my mom, we would watch like The View, like that's like me and my grandma and my mom, we watched all that, all that shit, The View and all them girls. And, you know, Carney Wilson was coming on the show, and she lost mad weight, lost mad weight. Then, um, I remember Star Jones got gastric bypass. And then, you know, Black folks, we are so ruthless, made fun of that woman for years because she started looking like a bobblehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, Star put a little bit of her weight back on because at one point she was like Thick thinny. Yeah, I remember. And then she put that weight back on. But she looked she looked healthier when she put the weight back on. Mm-hmm. But I remember Carney Wilson, she started gaining her weight back, but she looked like she gained more weight than what she had in the beginning. And that was kind of scary. And then I remember when I was in graduate school, there was a lady that I worked with. I used to work at the YMCA and she had got gastric bypass surgery. Either she got gastric bypass or she got like the sleeve because they, they turned it like it started from gastric bypass to so many different things. Like there are so many different weight loss surgeries out there now. Mm-hmm. But I remember she had a lot of complications after her surgery. Like she developed acid reflex, never had that before the surgery. She couldn't eat over a certain amount of food or she would get incredibly sick. Like it, I was just like, ooh, that's what that life leads to. Like, I don't think I want to, you know, mm-hmm. do that. You know, I just didn't want to have a lifetime of complications. And like, even now with these girls that go and get, you know, the big thing is the uh, Dr. Miami surgeries. <laughs> mm-hmm and you know I'm like you know that's all cool and and Danny you know you do you but Dr. Miami can't teach you new habits you're just gonna go and get your butt done and then you're gonna go home and eat the same shit you was eating you're not gonna exercise you're gonna gain all that weight back or the fat that he put into your butt is gonna end up floating forward to your stomach so (laughs) not floating (laughs) yeah girl Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) so but I had, I haven't thought about it. I've definitely thought about it. But I think what's, what, one of the things that really steered me away from it, my cousin, she lost, I think her heaviest, she was in like, like 300 something pounds. And I'm 5'9". My cousin is like 5'2", between 5'2 and 5'4". She might be like 5'2". Mm-hmm. And she lost all of her weight naturally. Like, you know, was going to the gym, eating right, all of that good stuff. 
And I was like, wow, if she can do it without surgery, I can do it without surgery. So that, she inspired me to, to just keep pushing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's just crazy to think about because like all these things we're talking about, like this was just me like last year and I'm like, <laughs> ah, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and the complications are very real. Like it scared mm-hmm. me enough to be like, girl, you are not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I noticed is like, I was just like, listen, I'm, this weight needs to be gone. Like I need you off of me. And so <laughs> like if surgery is not the route, like for me, it came to a point where it's either surgery or you need to start changing these habits mm-hmm. because that's where the all the problems lie mm-hmm. like let, let's get it in gear and go like if if you're not going to do the surgery because the surgery is a great tool if you use it right exactly if, if you're not going to do it then what are you doing because you can't just go back to what you've been doing it, it gets to be it becomes detrimental as fuck mm-hmm. like i just know too many people that have had the weight loss surgeries and they just got you know they got skinny 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 like damn bitch you look you looking good you know whatever and they just gain the weight back Mm -hmm. and it just messes them up mentally because they didn't do the work before they got the surgery and that's one thing that I've noticed um uh, I'm one of those people that gets sucked down the rabbit hole that is my 600 pound life oh same same (laughs) <laughs> and like I'm so trash because I'll be like eating the most bullshit of food, watching my 600 pound life. Like I'm like, what the what the what are you doing? You know. And one of the things that I like that the doctor on the show does, he makes them start their weight loss journey before that he even cuts them open. Like you have to show that you're you know doing the stuff that you're supposed to do. And he's had some people that have had very successful stories. And they all have said, I had to change my habits. I had to change my mentality. I had to cut some people the fuck off. Like, it was that show, man, and who? Mm, mm. And he don't play. He sure don't. He <laughs> sure don't. I'll be watching this show, and I'll be like, damn, you, Dr. Knock, I ain't lose no weight, dog. I'm sorry. I'm going to be on it. Sometimes I'll be like, damn, it's like that. But it's like, right. yeah, no, you got to take it real serious. Right. Like, he plays no games. He was like, yo, I'm not about to call your insurance and have them pay for this expensive ass surgery if it's going to be for nothing. <laughs> like, he's not here just for the money like he's like no it's going to be worth it so right which is why i also think like it's easy to get sucked into the show because it's like i know that's right yeah let's do this the right way (laughs) and he has a lot of it's a lot of very successful stories that have come out of that show that makes you even more say wow bitch like they're doing it and they're wearing whatever amount of pounds I'm half that bitch. I can do that. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it just, it takes such a mental, it's the the biggest thing is the mental roadblock to get over. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know what toxicity means to you in the context of like weight loss and fitness. I, I've taken time to think about this. It's even, it's even funny because I was like thinking about it today because I was having a conversation with my boyfriend. He was like, no, man, you need to chill. You need to chill. Um, There's so many things that's toxic within our fitness weight loss community. Oh, God. Um, What's one that resonates with you? Because I recognize it's a broad and huge. uh, It's so much. I think the image, the, the imagery that 
fitness looks one way. Um, and that's one thing that I struggle with. Like, I was actually talking to him about it today. And like I mentioned before, I teach group exercise classes. I'm a personal trainer, you know, all of that. And today we had like this, it didn't even, I don't know what the hell it did outside, but the government, they let us out four hours early, right? And so I texted him and I was like, hey, I'm getting off work like mad early today, you know, just telling him, you know, be careful on your way home. This is seven and third. And so I said, well, y'all said I could leave four hours early. Let me work out real fast. So I did my little workout, whatever. And I didn't, I forgot to tell him I was working out. So he's like, are you home yet? And I'm like, oh no, I just finished working out. I'm about to get on the train now. And he was like, why did you stay to work out? Like your, your job is workout. Like, why are you doing extra workout on top of your job? And I was just like, cause I feel like I have to, like, what do you mean? You know? And I was telling him, I said, you know, sometimes the pressure of this image, like this image that we're chasing that is, fitness it can it, it can be a lot like that pressure can be crumbling mm. um like I, I there were a lot of instagram pages that i had to stop following because they were not displaying realistic fitness to me or just realistic healthy living and unfortunately they i mean i'm sure white folks have them pages too but they were like catered towards people of color mm-hmm. and like fitness is going through this thing where it's low-key turning into a sex shop mm-hmm. <laughs> in the comforting way that I can put it it's just you just see ass 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 like ass mm-hmm. bare on top shoes. of ass on top of ass like it's like a lot of videos where you know the girls are doing exercises and thongs and like just just like why are you doing back exercises in a thong why are you showing off your your cheeks like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. shit like that and it's you know sometimes it's harmful because then you start to feel like all right i got to how do i push it to the limit to look how those girls look or how do i push it to the limit to let y'all y'all know I'm I mean fitness, you know, that shit can be very toxic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I told myself for 2020 is I would be limiting those types of images that come through my social media feeds and, you know, things of that nature. Because it can it can fuck your mind up. It can make you feel like, you know, for me, someone that's 70 pounds down make me feel like I didn't accomplish anything. Mm. You know, so that's stuff can really suck it can really suck absolutely and it's so funny because I was gonna ask you like how has social media impacted you um because you are a curvy plus size woman so Mm -hmm. like the mainstream idea of wellness is not that at all and (laughs) and so how has uh how has those things kind of like um like impacted you and what you're doing and what you're achieving sometimes it fucks me up I'm not gonna lie to you there's I have so many days out of a out of 30 days in a month maybe like a little more than half of those days I'm just like dog are you fucking kidding me like (laughs) It it can really mess your mind up, especially because, you know, I've, I pride myself on being educated. I pride myself on my certifications and my experience. And, you know, I can really relate to my clients, especially those that are trying to start the weight loss process, you know, that it is such a mental thing. And when all they're showing is all these 
images of these brick body personal trainers and these no nonsense personal trainers. And, you know, of course people are going to go train with those types of trainers because they're like, well, I want a body like that person. Mm-hmm. I want an attention seeking body. I want all of that. But what you don't know is what did they sacrifice to get that body mm-hmm. or what things did they do to get that body that they don't want you to know about? So there's a lot of trainers that go to the Dominican Republics and get the butt lifts and the tummy tucks and stuff. And then they come back to the States. Hey, I'm your new fitness trainer on the blog. Make sure mm-hmm. y'all uh, like my picture and da 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 You know what I mean? It can, it can be, it can be really... It can be really heartbreaking. Like I was sitting and talking to some of my girlfriends about it and you know they're like Anthony you there's there is a population of women that need your curvy plus size person. They they need you that you're a commodity, you know, and I try to tell myself that I am, but for the one person or the two people that come to me that say I'm, you know, such an inspiration, I'm like 15 people have gone to brick body Betty with the big booty and the flat stomach to, you know, find out how to look like her, you know, um, it can suck sometimes, especially because fitness does not uplift those, especially black women that are plus size that are in the fitness game. The only area or the only um, platform that I've truly seen plus size black women within fitness get recognized. Um, I remember Essence did like a your top fitness trainers on Instagram to follow. And um, what's her name? Rosa the Diva. I saw she's plus size and she is a pole dancer. Mm-hmm. Bomb. I was like, oh yes, I have to start following her. <laughs> and then, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name, but I remember she was in the... Uh, I feel like she was in those Kotex commercials. She was a yoga instructor, plus size girl, short hair. I cannot remember her name, but I I remember seeing her on television. I saw her on a commercial, girl, on television. And I said, oh, fitness is changing. Look at God. But they only let a few people in that door that are plus size. Mm-hmm. So it can be social media can can really be derailing but it can be a great way to connect with people that want that true lifestyle change they want to still be i don't want to say that those women that have those sick bodies are not people but they still want to be a person and love life and all the things that life has to offer so but social media can be toxic as fuck when it comes to fitness. Absolutely. And, you know, you see, you can see people, whether it be on social media or like, I always say like, you know, when you buy that outfit that looks great on the model and then it comes and it's like, well, why doesn't it look like that on me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these like ideas about fitness, wellness, the body, Mm -hmm. um, where we see people like, Tiana Taylor. Mm -hmm. We see people out here with the gorgeous, beautiful bodies, but it's like, if your body was not meant to be like that, you will never look like that. Right, right. And that's something that I've had to, I've had to come to terms with myself and say, you know, like, all right, girl, we in our 30s now. 
it's going to be even harder to maintain a flat stomach because mm-hmm. I, you know, just knowing science and how the body works, it's hard to maintain, you know, that or unless you're just genetically disposed to have that shape. Some people just genetically, they are, are pretty slim. That's, that's them. And no, not knocking their shit. That's just them. You know, mm-hmm. like Tiana Taylor, I've never seen Tiana Taylor have a lick of fat on her. Right. You know, and I'm like, kudos to you, sis. I, I, that's not my life, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, like that, that is a huge, that's a huge part of it, man. Mm. It really is. And it doesn't help that like (laughs) being black, you're like, oh, you're way too skinny or, oh, now you're way too fat. There's like way too much policing going on with women's bodies, black mm-hmm. women's bodies. What we what we think we should look like is large in part due to what people are telling us that we should look like. Mm-hmm. That's why people are laying on these tables. They're going to Dr. Miami. They're going to, um, you know, going to yeah. DR, going wherever, trying to look like Meg Thee Stallion, girl, please stop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, you know, when, when I first, I started listening to Meg before she went mainstream. I just have to throw that out there. <laughs> Everybody that's jumped on the Megan bandwagon, y'all can back up slightly. But when I first saw her body, I was like, wow, like, she she has a soft shape. Mm-hmm. It's not all chiselly. It's, it's soft, you know? And I was like, okay, that's dope, you know? Is it her? Who knows? But whatever. But that's now the new body on the block that everybody is chasing, you mm-hmm. know? And um, it just, like you were saying that our bodies are policed. I remember when I first started losing the weight, I would get mixed reactions from people. Mm-hmm. Younger folks, like in my age, um, age demographic, whatever you want to call it, you know, it was like, oh, sis, you know, you're looking good. Yes, yes, yes. But the older Black folk, girl you just withering away Mm. what's wrong you're sick like you know don't lose too much more weight you're gonna disappear and you know all of these things right so it was like well which the fuck is it am i doing good or am i like what how am i supposed to look like what what the fuck do y'all want from me and that's what i had to realize it's not about what what they want it has to be about what i want and where i feel comfortable and you know, what is something that I can sustain, you know, for hopefully uh, my life, you know, I'm like, I was saying a lot of these women, they get into these bodies, and they can't sustain it. That's why their weight loss only lasts for a second, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not even just women, there's a lot of men with the same way, they can't sustain the way that they got to that body. And then as soon as they stop doing it, or whatever, they gain the weight back so quickly. But our bodies are really, are very much so policed, especially Black women. And if you don't look a certain way, it's as if you won't be accepted or, you know, you won't even be looked at. You know, I was watching um, Tamara Hall um, yesterday and she did um, an episode on um, People Magazine every January they do. People who lost, who lost half their size. And... There was a, a white woman from Toronto. I think she lost like 153 pounds naturally. And she said one thing that she noticed when she lost the weight is that people noticed her. She said when I was, you know, at my heaviest size, people would look past me. 
they would look to the person next to me. It was as if I was, as big as I was, I was invisible. And that is how even people that are not that big feel. Like there's moments where I can remember feeling invisible. Mm-hmm. And I was nowhere near the weight that a lot of those women were. So yeah, they, they make it seem as if you, to be accepted in the world, you have to be a certain weight range or a certain body type. And some of us just are not built to be that body type. We're just not. Like, even Beyonce is not built to be a Megan Thee Stallion. Mm-hmm. Like, and I always think that to myself. I'm like, man, Beyonce's weight has fluctuated over the years. So can mine. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I love it. And I, it's so crazy because a lot of the things that we experience are really universal things. Like I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, yep, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And I can remember like being younger and people telling me I was fat or Mm. I was big or I was thick or whatever. And a lot of, some of that was good, a lot of it bad. And even now, still telling me as I'm getting heavier, like, oh no, you're fat, you're fat. It's getting out of control. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, I'm nowhere near where I was then. You were still telling me I was fat. Right. So what is it? I don't understand. Right. It's, it's there, it's what is uncomfortable for them. Right. And that's what I had to learn you're uncomfortable just because you're uncomfortable don't project your uncomfortability on me you know um just like you were saying like you know people have been doing that to your entire life since i was younger i remember being in high school shit i wish i could go back to what the numbers on the scale said when i was in high school i'd say be that again <laughs> i would be a bad bitch right now <laughs> like you know but people used to compare me to you know to Queen Latifah when I was in like high school they would compare me to Jill Scott when I was in high school you know and that was before Jill Scott became this bad bitch Jill Scott you mm-hmm. know um but it was because someone else felt uncomfortable like right I could, I was still pulling dudes you know but because somebody felt uncomfortable with how comfortable I was with myself they push their uncomfortability on me. And I feel like that's what it is a lot of the time is that, and I have seen this with just being observant and just like being silent and just kind of observing the world around me. Um, In DC, brunch is a huge culture, very huge culture here. And I'll see like the group of friends and there'll be the big girl in the group or maybe two big girls in the group. And there'll be the smaller friends will be around and they'll be, in their fields when their bigger friends be pulling dudes mm. like be in their fields and then like try to do stuff like while the dude is talking to them they're like fixing their friends clothes and shit like that girl if you don't leave me alone and let me catch this man why are you mad you know because you're so uncomfortable or you hate it so hard now you're projecting yourself on me and it's making me uncomfortable so now i'm about to fuck up getting these digits all right you know but I've, I've definitely learned that that it's it's more so people are what's the new word that the kids are saying fat phobic boom there it mm-hmm. is yep people have become so more much more fat phobic than what they have in the past because people are starting to say like I don't give I don't care like 
feel what you want to feel about me. Like even Adele, Adele is losing weight and people are so pissed. Mm -hmm. Why? Let this woman be healthy. Let her do her. Like, I think she looks the fuck great, but I also think Adele looked great plus sized as well. She's just a beautiful girl to me. But because people are so uncomfortable with her doing her, they're pushing their uncomfortability on her. Right. And then the time that we are in where everybody's on social media and it's like this big thing, people feel like they can say whatever. It's like just because a thought comes to your mind doesn't mean you have to say it. Like some stuff is just shitty and maybe should stay just in your head. Exactly. Like people have really forgotten, you know, did your mother ever tell you if you ain't got nothing to say, don't say that shit at all. Mm -hmm. Like everybody has forgotten that. And I think that that's what's made it in fitness as well. I've had people troll me and, you know, I'll put out videos and especially on Twitter, it's never happened on Instagram, but it happens a lot on Twitter. So I'm, I'm very, um, I shy away from posting, <coughs> excuse me, pictures and videos and stuff like that on Twitter um, because people are just nasty. People are just so nasty because, like I said, they see how comfortable you are with living your life and doing you in your lane that they just want to come and push up on you and project their uncomfortability. And I think that that's dumb as shit. It really is. Like, why is what I'm doing over here? If it's not for you, it's not for you. But for you to actively go out your way to say something to me that, you know, isn't the nicest thing. It's like, why? What what is the purpose of that? It's doing something for you. That's what it is. It, it's right. feeding what what that nastiness that you're feeling. And it's just like, mm, you could just keep it for yourself. Keep yourself. <laughs> Ugh, people, my God. So um, I wanted to touch upon the last question before the viral topic, which would be what your advice might be to women who are maybe too timid or self-conscious to like go to the gym and work out because that's a thing as well. Like, oh, I don't feel like I belong here or I feel like people will stare at me if I, I go to the gym, especially, you know, January 1st, I'm at the gym and it's like, ah, this big thing everywhere. Mm-hmm. I... One thing I do want to say is I, January 1st, for people that are within this gym culture, we always say like, fuck, there goes the neighborhood. Like we complain about it. It's going to be crowded. It's just going to be just so extra. And I, you know, I love the joke, you know, cause it's been around for years, but then like, I, as I've been talking to more people that do have gym anxiety, which is very real, I've had to slow down on joking about that. One of my best girlfriends, she used to have very bad gym anxiety. Like, it would be so bad. She would cry before she would go into the gym. And then she would go work out. And then she would call me and she would be in tears just about how anxious she was the entire time. And I think that was the one thing that had me like, you need to chill out on this joke because it's it's a real fear that people have. I honestly say and i'm not just saying no i am saying this because i'm a personal trainer (laughs) talk to a fitness professional as you're gearing yourself up to start your process um you can google as much as you want to you can watch youtube videos as much as you want to and something that i've learned is that those fitness influencers they're trying to be famous so they act famous 
and they only get like 100 views. Like, mm. they're not the, the greatest with being a person that can literally just offer support, you know? Um, I know I get messages all the time in my Instagram from women all over the country that are like, you know, hi, you know, I'm so inspired by your page. I really want to start my fitness journey. I just don't know where to start. I just, what do I do? Like just lost. And, and it's, it's, that's okay because you didn't study this for 12 years. You know what I mean? You don't have degrees in this. So why should I expect you to know what to do right out of the gate? So I tell people all the time, I always end my podcast with, if you have any questions, feel free to message. I will message back um, because everybody needs support because sometimes you can't go to your family because your family don't know what the fuck they're doing, especially if they're not in a healthier mindset. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes your friends don't know what the fuck they're doing because most of the time they're not in a healthier mindset and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So mm -hmm. how can the blind lead the blind? You know? Mm -hmm. So I strongly say if anybody is truly interested in starting a fitness journey and they're having the gym anxiety, go survey the gym. Don't even go work out the first day. Walk around the gym. See if you get a good feeling about that gym. You know, talk to the staff there. Do they seem like a staff that if you had a question, you could easily ask them and they would assist you? Because I've been in some gyms where they're not very helpful or they make fun of the people that ask for help or... They're just, they're just nasty. Very that nasty. It's so shitty. It's terrible. It's terrible. Girl, I, I have stories for days. Um, so I, I tell people, even before you sign a dotted line on a gym membership, you need to survey different gyms. You speed date some gyms. Most of the time gyms do, you get a free like day or trial pass or something like that on us. Use that shit. Take advantage. Don't let them sucker you into signing a contract and it turns out to be a very shitty culture gym. Definitely take the time to learn the environment that you're about to put yourself into. And if you find a staff member that you trust, you know, talk to them about what some of your apprehensions are about getting in a contract with them and see how they really take that you know um i always say the people that understand the psychology of fitness they understand the psychology of their gym goers and they're able to assist in the best ways that they can and it sucks that a lot of people that manage gyms and fitness centers they don't have that psychology behind them um but if you can find someone like i said a fitness professional that's not in that gym that you can come and talk to about, you know, what your issues are, or what your apprehensions are. I think that that's really important is, is having a strong foundation within your support system. And it has to be someone that knows what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to fitness and wellness. I love when you say that because a lot of the times we are turning to our friends and we are turning to our families and it's like, girl, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like you can't be turning <laughs> to people who are in the same boat as you looking for some direction. <laughs> right. Like my dad, you know, I, I have the highest education in my family and my dad, you know, my parents have lost weight, but my parents, I, they lost weight doing stupid shit. Like, 
I remember my parents did the grapefruit diet. Oh, Lord. I did too. Uh. So my, my parents did the grapefruit diet, but they lost mad weight. Mm. I will say that. But they gained it back, you know? So my dad listens to my podcast, and he said, you know, some stuff he said, he was like, I have to close my ears at some of the shit you be saying. But um, he said he's listened, and he said it's helped him to kind of understand the the things that he goes wrong in. My dad's in IT. And if anyone knows anybody that's in IT, they they are not the healthiest motherfuckers on the block. Like, because they're working long hours. Most of the time they're eating out. A lot of their, like, functions within, like, their teams, is a lot of food is involved. Um, so my dad was putting on weight, putting on weight. And so his he lost, like, I think my dad lost, like, 35 pounds over the summer. Like, my man's got slim. Like, yes. he, lost that weight boy um but my parents they're you know starting this fitness and wellness journey like my mom's a chef but she's not a healthy chef <laughs> like you and, and she's jamaican Ooh. so we eat a lot of rice and beans mm-hmm. like <laughs> so and eating a lot of that your entire life and we don't eat portions what the fuck is portions <laughs> You better eat this half plate of rice and peas and go about your business because there's people back in Jamaica that don't have this much rice and peas, you know, to survive. So, <laughs> so like, my family, they don't know fitness. So I'm the person that, you know, they would hem and haw about me growing up being overweight, this, is that, and the third. And now, flip side, I have to hem and haw about them as they're getting older that they have to be more mindful about and intentional about the things that they do. So, but yeah, most of the time your friends don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, I remember everybody was on that apple cider vinegar bullshit two years ago. <laughs> Still on it. I, I see it every day on Instagram <laughs> scrolling on through. And I remember everybody's like, Anthony, do it. What does do it? What does? First of all, apple cider, cider vinegar tastes the fuck disgusting. Mm-hmm. I'm not drinking that shit. <laughs> and then, like, y'all look real crazy, but okay. <laughs> so. I had someone who swears by that, and I'm like, okay, I believe you, girl. I'm not doing it, but I believe you. And there's people that do lose weight doing it, but again, is it sustainable? Right. Can you keep that weight off? Girl, it's wild out here. <laughs> well, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I want to thank you for being so candid about everything. Of course. All right. So let's jump into the viral topic for the episode, which is going to be about uh, the most common mistakes people make when setting health goals in the new year, according to NBC News. Okay. So this is the time we all know motivation is real high, but the fact is that 30% of New Year's resolutions are broken before February. Mm-hmm. So I want to run down these mistakes and kind of get a feel for like your experiences with them. So are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so number one mistake is that your goals are too lofty. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> you set large goals without ever breaking it down into smaller steps mm-hmm. that will take you to your goal. Mm, sounds like my life. <laughs> Same. <laughs> sounds like my life. Yeah, because even when I talk to people that are doing fitness consultations with me, I'll say, okay, so what are some of your goals? And I, I know damn well they don't have well thought out timely realistic goals i know this but i still like to just sit and listen to 
what they have to say so that we can work through it. And so some people will say, oh, I want to lose some stupid amount of weight in like 12 weeks. And I'm like, okay, well, how do you plan on doing that? I'm going to work out every day and I'm only going to do this, that, and eat this, that, and the third. And I'm going to, okay, let's talk about this friend. By the end of our consultation, we've broken it down to a more attainable weight that's within a realistic amount of time that also gives an opportunity in case you, there's days where you can't go to the gym or, you know, life, life happens. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that people forget. Life don't give a fuck that you're trying to lose weight. Sure don't. <laughs> life don't care. <laughs> like, okay, I'm still going to make you lose your job next week or... I'm still going to make your man or your woman cheat on you in five months. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? So people have to be ready for the things that life throws at them while they're within the fitness journey. But the biggest thing is you want to set goals that are specific. So you want to specifically say, I want to lose weight, right? So then you want to say, how am I going to measure this weight loss? Am I going to get on the scale every day, every week, every month, bi-weekly? Or am I just going to measure it by what my clothes look like? Am I going to do before and after pictures? Find out a way to hold yourself accountable that you're going to hit that goal in a quantitative way. Then you want to ask yourself, is this even attainable? Can I truly lose the amount of weight that I'm saying I want to lose within this certain amount of time, right? And within that being attainable, you want to be realistic. You have to think scientifically. You have to think about your own lifestyle. What are some things within your lifestyle that's going to mess that up? So like, for example, for myself, um, I'm in a sorority. Everybody founders day is next week. Mine is on Monday. We eating out all this coming weekend. Valentine's day. Boom. That's next month. Oh, uh, Martin Luther King Day is coming up. I don't give a fuck about fitness on holidays. So I know I'm eating out and not exercising. Boom, mm-hmm. that's another threat. You know, that you have to think about those. Be realistic about your life and your timeline. And then lastly, you want to be timely. So I like to tell people to set goals in about four different tiers. You set your goal for the year to say, maybe I want to lose 50 pounds this year. That's very attainable, especially if you're thinking to lose at maximum two pounds a week, right? So then you break that down. Okay, how am I going to make sure that I lose these 50 pounds within this year? This is how I'm going to check each month. This is what I'm going to do. This is, you know what I'm saying? You have to come out with a very well thought out plan in order to hit these goals. Like you really can't just jump, jump out the gate and say, I'm going to lose 100 pounds in six months. <laughs> like, <laughs> Everybody can't achieve that. There's people out there that I've seen, they've lost a crazy amount of weight in six, seven months. But is it, like I say all the time, is it sustainable? You know, so that's the biggest thing. That's why I say reaching out to a fitness professional is probably the best in in learning how to create goals. Goal setting is important. And I do this with my clients all the time. We have goal setting appointments um, where we just go back to, all right, what was your threat this week? What helped you? What didn't help you? Like all of that stuff. That's very important. And you want to make sure that with your goals, you have it posted somewhere. Like I said, I write my goals out for the year and then I make quarterly goals that will help me to reach that goal for the year. So um, you, it really takes time to think about when you're trying to set, especially a, a fitness goal. Girl, I'm dead. Cause you really just hit mistake two, mistake number three. <laughs> 
which are your goals are too vague is number two. And number three is you're not planning well enough. And I yes. love that you're calling it threats. Like what, what's the threat this week? Because yes. it's so true that everybody thinks like that. Like, oh no, I got Valentine's Day. My mm -hmm. girl's birthday is the week after mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Then my birthday. And no, I, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I know for myself, the month of May, that's bitch, forget about fitness. Let's not take it serious this month. Because mm -hmm. it's my birthday, Mother's Day, I swear like 80 gajillion of, not a whole bunch of my friends' birthdays are in May, but when my birthday comes around, y'all motherfuckers like to take me to get food. And I don't understand what that's about. Please buy me gift cards. I am that friend. Get me a gift card. I will be fine. But y'all love to take me to brunch to take me to Taco Tuesday <laughs> throughout the entire month of May. So May, I don't even meal prep in May. <laughs> like, it's no point. It's not gonna waste my food because I'll get a random call in my work. Yo, yo, your birthday was yesterday. Dog, I'm gonna take you out to eat. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you know, so you have to know that that stuff will occur you have to and you have to be okay with that i think that's the other thing too and like holidays a lot of people don't take into consideration like with this past holiday season most people are off for two straight weeks that means some people say fuck fitness for two straight weeks so you have to be prepared for those those little situations Right. I think that is so important. I'm so glad that you said that because it's like, yes, you want to lose weight. Yes, you have goals, but yes, life is happening mm -hmm. all while this is going on. And so you saying, well, listen, I'm on this fitness goal. I'm not going to eat out with you. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It's like, you have to give yourself allowances you have yes. to be able to enjoy life while you are doing it because you are guaranteed to fail. I've done it year yes. after year after year where it's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. And then it's like, well, no, girl, you don't want to be eating, you know, steamed vegetables and, right. you know, grilled chicken for the rest of your life. You have right. to have some type of balance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I think I failed. I don't want to say I failed, but like, you know, I live in D.C., so, you know, I'm paying ridiculously ungodly amounts of money for rent with mm. this bitch. But um, I will say finances have also made me like, no, guys, I'm not going to go out to eat with y'all. But at one point in time, when I was living with my parents, when I had money to blow, I still wouldn't really go out with my friends in that fear of, oh, my gosh, if I just go out and have one drink, it's going to fuck up all my goals. When in actuality, like, that wasn't the case. So I really feel like 2017, I missed out on a lot of time that I could have spent with my friends. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I wish I could have gotten back, honestly. So, yeah. Okay. So the final the fifth mistake <laughs> is that your goals are too time consuming so mm. time is the biggest commodity and not having enough of it is mm. one of the main reasons people fail mm. um i think i i think sometimes especially in fitness we use time as a cop-out Mm. oh I don't have enough time oh but you had enough time to lay in your bed and scroll through Instagram okay <laughs> oh I didn't have enough time to oh but you had enough time to go over some ashy little boy's house and do Jesus knows what but you're not ashy I'm dead 
<laughs> but we make time for what we want to make time for. But in that same token, just like I mentioned that I let my, my goals take over living life, that is very real. Mm. I missed out on weekend trips with my friends. I missed out on just like, I don't want to say memories because it wasn't like that deep, but mm. I'm sure there's someone out there that didn't go to somebody's wedding because they felt like, oh my gosh, I didn't reach my goal of fitting into this dress for mm-hmm. to go to my friend's wedding. It's like, you can't, you can't be like that. You don't want your fitness goals to just over consume your life because then when you hit those goals what's your life after that what does Mm. life after hitting your goals look like you know because you've consumed it so much with that then what do you do once you reach it you know um like you said everything has balance um I tell people that one of the best ways to, to at least stay consistent is to at least give yourself three to four days of physical activity three to four days and then just be very mindful about how you eat be mindful of your portions be mindful of your sugar intake your alcohol intake now it's going to be some time I know myself I'm going to brunch next Saturday and I've already told my friend guess what the goal is to get fucked up because Mm. the next day is a holiday so you know you have moments like that don't miss out on those just don't miss out on life trying to reach your goal. You can still live your life and reach your goals at the same time. Yes, you can. I love that. So I actually skipped over one. Okay. Skipped over one. Um, so it was, you lack belief in yourself. Um, <laughs> what you got to say about that? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I felt like that punched me in the gut. Mm, same. When I read it, I was like, oh. Why are you so loud? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a real one. You have to you have to feel within yourself that you can do it. Like you there's so many things that people can't do. Like me, I can't do a pull-up. But that doesn't mean I can't one day do a pull-up. You know, there's I, I've met people that are at the lowest, not the lowest level of fitness, but a very beginner level of fitness. And they I don't know if I can do that. You know, I'm really out of shape. Everybody has to crawl before they walk. Everybody is an infant in something. You know, you just have to really believe within yourself that you can achieve anything. Like, I never would have thought that I would lose this much weight. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have thought that it would inspire my boyfriend to lose. He's like 72 pounds now. Like, I would have never thought that. Like, and I feel like, all of these ripple effects, all of these things wouldn't have happened if I just didn't believe that I could do it. But while you have to believe in yourself, you have to surround yourself with people that believe in you also. Because I think that that's one of, the, one of the key things that I don't want to say society forgets about, but people just forget about is that you have to have a powerful squad with you that fills you with positivity, especially on a fitness journey. It's so easy for you to be down on yourself and be like, man, fuck this shit. I'm about to go buy some eat crush these Doritos and just gonna go binge eat right and some people typical friends you know they want to support you yeah girl just go and go do that go do that when a real friend pulls you up by your bootstrings and says you haven't come this far to come this far I believe in you and I know you believe in you too you're having a down moment 
don't do that. We're going to pull it together. And I'm only saying that because my best friend does that for me. <laughs> um, but, Ain't you lucky. <laughs> girl, we've been friends since we were five. So, <laughs> so she pulls, girl, she be sending me all the, just hollering at me through text messages sometimes. Um, but it's, it's, it's harder to believe in yourself if you don't have anyone to help you believe in yourself. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. I don't need nobody. I don't. No, you do. You need yourself and you need at least one person to help you believe in yourself. Because you can't sit in a room and talk to, your, talk to yourself up all day. Right. I mean, you can. It won't work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because especially if you're someone that is, used to being plus sized, you know, you're going to give in to that part in your head that say, bitch, go get them extra fries. Like, you, go, you I, I have fallen, fallen victim to the plus size voice in my head. That's a girl, we about to go fuck this burger up. And I'm like, girl, we are, but you need <laughs> that third person to say, no, we're not, you know, or to say, no, we believe in you. You know, while you can say to yourself, you have to have somebody else to say it to you as well. You have to have that strong support system. And I will say, I've, I have lost friends through this fitness journey mm. where it was kind of like, well, I guess y'all wasn't really my friend for real. You know, that's all you, you quick to, you know, we real quick to say that. Oh, you wasn't my friend for real. But yeah, that's something that you, you have to have as a strong person to also say they believe in you as well, because that helps you believe in you a, a little bit more. I feel like like interviews like this is like one of the times where I'm like, this is for y'all, the listeners, but it's also for me. It's hella for me. I'm like, oh, I got some things to think about. <laughs> and I think the friends part, that's the hardest part. Like, I think that that... And you know, it's funny, my boyfriend says all the time, like those, like the Huffington Post and, and the those kind of things, they don't really dig deep into the the true, a lot of the huge things that makes people not focus on their resolutions. So like, you know, one thing to think about, even with believing in yourself is there is some girl living in her apartment. I'm not talking about myself. Please no, I'm not talking about <laughs> But there is some girl living in her apartment and she's dating somebody's ashy son and he is not believing in her with her fitness goals. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's ridiculing her. He's, he's just not being a support system. Or in the flip side, it could be a man and he's dating somebody's grimy as fuck daughter and she's not believing in him and supporting his goals, you know, things of that nature. And that has a really huge effect on people hitting their goals or not. Um, I know like for myself, um, I, I never like really talked to my boyfriend about my weight because he's never, he never has said anything to me about it, you know? It's like, I've never said anything to him about his weight. Like, I was like, oh, we're just, this is us, whatever. Um, but as I started losing weight, he would make little comments, but they were good comments. He would be like, oh, I see you out here, you know, da 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 And then when he started his fitness journey, he was like, yeah, you know, I was talking to the boys. I was like, you know, I had to keep up with Antony because she, you know, she's doing it. I don't want to be her slobby-ass boyfriend that she got to carry around <laughs> I was like, no, that's terrible. So now he's like, you know, losing his weight. He, you know, he's living his best life, you know, doing it, doing it. And I said to him this weekend, I said, could you imagine if we weren't supportive of one another in our fitness journeys? Like, 
hating is real in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like hating is real in your friendship circles, but hating is real in romantic relationships. Like I didn't realize how much people hated until I got until I started losing the weight in this relationship. In my relationship in college, he was hating, and it made me stop losing my weight. I had lost a good amount of weight, and then. Like, you know, people was feeling me, you know, the dudes was looking, you know, whatever, whatever. And then he started hating and then I stopped doing what I was doing, you know? Like, yeah, that's one thing I think people need to also kind of think about as well when they're on this journey is, is your, is your mate, like, truly there for you with trying to be a better you? Not to say that you're trying to be a better you without them, but maybe you have to be a better you without them. Right. Things like this show you, like, who's truly there for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This has been an amazing conversation. Yes! <laughs> I love it. Thank you for being a guest. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? So, I am on Instagram. Um, you can follow my fitness page. It's Uniquely Fit Training. It's spelled exactly as it sounds. Um, that's all for fitness, fitness inquiries, all things motivation. And then my podcast Instagram is at uniquely fit podcast, um, show updates, topics, questions, all of that great stuff. Um, and I always take emails, um, uniquely fit training at gmail.com. And I do take online clients. I do free fitness consultations free goal setting appointments because I feel like you can't put a price on helping somebody in that area. I just, you know, there's people that nickel and dime everybody. I just, I can't do it. It's not in my heart to do that. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much. That is a wrap for another episode of Toxic as Fuck. Bye. Ow, ow. <laughs>